If you're studying for the CISSP, CCSP, or CISM certification, you'll probably get a lot of benefit from the WANA Practice app at wanapractice.com. Hundreds of practice questions unavailable anywhere else, all in a simple interactive format, which you can access through any device with a browser. Check out the show notes for a discount code for half off the regular price. Wanna practice? Success and certification is in your hands. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec, where we discuss all things information, all things security, and all things information security. I'm Ben Maliso. I'm Matt Snotty. And I'm Rafael Fiedler. And a big shout out to this week's corporate sponsor, Mead Paper. Whether you're looking for wide-lined, college-ruled, or graph paper, Mead has you covered. For over 150 years in over 100 countries, Mead helps people plan their day and their life, organizing efficiently and with aplomb. And who can forget the glorious Trapper Keeper? Mead Paper Company, part of the ACCO Brands family. Um, all right. How is this week? <laughs> Applaud. How is how is this week like a misspelled fruit? How? It's like current events. I don't know. Current misspelled current. fruit. That makes current. no no a sense. Current. Yeah, yes. Current. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, oh. Uh, Can we restart this episode? Who's oh got God. an event? Who's got an event? I have a little something I'd I'd like Brilliant. to share. And we, cool. we talked about this in advance. Um apparently um it's it so the reason why I bring it up, it's the news that this say is it, Rafi. Get it out of your older, mouth. Force but it. YouTube YouTube is testing and apparently this test's got recently very minor, um blocking people who are blocking their ads. And so YouTube, uh, the pop-up on Reddit last week has been sh shown and shared a lot more often. Um, it was reported, I think, late last month that they're going to start it. But um, with stuff like that, they usually roll it out gradually. And apparently it has been rolling out and more and more people have been seeing it. I don't know if our listeners are like using ad blockers or not, um, but... Um, I guess this will change this a bit. Um, I, I'm personally paying for YouTube Premium. I don't like ads, so <laughs> I don't see any. Um, but um, yeah, no, I'm I'm super interested how this is going to develop, and I feel like it's sort of like an issue that has been waiting to happen. I think the ad-supported internet is um, more and more coming to an end. I mean, so funny that this podcast recently started getting ads. But to be to be real, I think this is the way to go. Having integrated, having like and not automated and stuff like that. Um, the ad that Ben is reading can't track you, and so I think this way of of advertisement, um, I guess, is the way forward. And this so all we have to do to go pushing. forward, all we have to do to go forward is go a hundred years into the past to radio stations and their model. Yeah, absolutely. No, I get that. but isn't that isn't uh, didn't we talk about this I think two episodes yeah, ago? Yeah, we we have. We have. Yeah. And, and and here's my question. How do they know if you're using an ad blocker if it's 
if it's client side, if it's just my browser saying to me, hey, we won't show you this component of the page, how does YouTube know I'm using a blocker? Um, I guess it's, I, I don't actually know for sure, but I can make guesstimations. Um, it's, uh, of course, like if you're using Chrome, then that's their software and their software can say data back. And they, they wanted to do some verification as well, where they were looking at, uh, maybe having a verified program where your browser needs to send them back a key. Uh, which then validates you and makes you an uh, an actual person, you know, um, which of course makes you super trackable across the web. I was gonna, I was going to say. So what what we're doing is we're giving away again anonymity. I think we talked about this when we talked with the owner of Pornhub a while back when they were talking yeah. about finding solutions at a device level to uh, verify age, but not compromise anonymity um th that would definitely not work uh especially with chrome being an alphabet company and youtube being an alphabet company i just tried it using uh brave and i don't and i had i definitely have uh ad blockers in place and youtube ran fine there was yeah. no there was no compromise whatsoever uh but that's really fascinating um matt what what's your take on this uh my my first thought was um the we're talking about two different types of ad blockers. So the traditional ad blockers are the ones that block pop-ups on web pages, for instance. So, uh, or, or components, you can actually yeah. pick elements. To, yeah. 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 Cause I'm thinking of like, uh, uh, you know, our typical, uh, I can't think of the names of like ad aware or not ad aware ad free. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Something like that. But YouTube actually embeds their ads in videos, which doesn't, it isn't affected by those types of ad blockers. And it's interesting you blocked that, you brought that up because I brought up the, the duck, duck go browser a while back. Um, and I've used it a couple of times on YouTube and it, uh, when it detects, you go to YouTube's webpage, it says, oh, do you want to watch it in the YouTube native way? Or do you want to use the duck, duck go way, which will block all of the ads for you? And I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. And it does actually block all those inline video ads for you. So it's a different type of ad blocker. Um, so your typical ad blocker is not going to block a YouTube ad, but, um, yeah, it sounds like we're kind of creeping towards YouTube would would not even be if they had their druthers uh, available on a web page. It sounds like you would YouTube wants to have their own app or their own uh, platform to distribute their video content so they can have complete control all the way down the pipe of what you see and how you can be tracked and all that kind of stuff. That sounds like what we're going towards. Uh, I'm not sure if that's that's accurate, I'm, but. Uh, It'll be interesting to see where they go with this and alphabet in general. Of course, alphabet just wants you to use everything, you know, Google, YouTube. Uh, what else do they own? Like, do they own Instagram or is that Facebook? That's, That's Facebook. Facebook. That's Meta. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. I, I know I've done that with uh, DuckDuckGo as well, Matt. And and when DuckDuckGo does bring up the YouTube window and say, we can show you the video here. Um. Uh, but we can't promise it's anonymous or something like that. Uh, they they make it really clear that um, you're you're uh, foregoing some privacy, uh, which is which is nice. Now I don't begrudge YouTube for wanting to show ads. Uh, you know they they have to fund this huge uh, media broadcast capability somehow. Um, so good for them. And and you're right, Rafti. Uh, the inline ads don't get blocked, Matt. Like you said, you know the 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 ones that precede the video. Though I can't block those because it's part of the stream mm -hmm. uh, that they're feeding me. Right. Okay. All right. Interesting. Entertaining. Uh, Matt, you had one, didn't you? 
Oh gosh, now I've completely zoned out. What was mine on the, oh, Zoom, was the Zoom, Zoom thing? Yeah, yeah, Zoom and AI. So uh, it's come to light now that uh, Zoom has altered their terms of service or has reinterpreted their terms of service to allow AI uh, companies to use Zoom calls to train their AIs. And we've talked in the past about AIs and, and, and how the big thing with AIs is you want to have a, a robust, large data set to be able to train your AI. And now Zoom, uh, if everybody remembers, everybody everybody was on Zoom in this little thing called you know COVID nineteen, the pandemic. Zoom made a ton of money for you know whatever two years, two and a half years, because everybody was on Zoom calls because nobody was in the office anymore and stuff like that. Well, now the pandemic has wound down and it's officially over. Everybody's going back to to the office. Nobody's paying for Zoom anymore. No one had the the the. Uh, I guess the market for Zoom has has dwindled considerably, so they're looking for other revenue streams. And I guess they've decided, oh, we'll start letting AI companies train. Let's 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 clarify what you said when you introduced the topic. It's not just that Zoom is allowing AI models or large language models to train with Zoom. It's training the AI on our Zoom call. Right, right. Sorry, I wasn't clear yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in other words, <laughs> taking your your company's Zoom calls and training an AI on it without necessarily your knowledge or consent unless you read through the terms of service. Yep. Um, Rafti, I'm I'm gonna throw this one to you. How how you feel about this one? <laughs> I, uh, just maybe why are the people going? I think that Microsoft has a big deal in this. I get I'm getting so much more Teams invites, and I guess Microsoft just makes a great um use case, like bundling thing there. Um no and uh, of course I, I hate it. I mean <laughs> Like, and we talked about this um, for the longest time. And um, no, um, it's, I mean, we are sending out our voices willingly and we understand what we're doing. But when you're in a context where you feel you're private, um, it's, yeah, uh, I think it's something where pushback is absolutely something we should do. And, and tell companies, if I don't consent to this, like actively, um, I'm expecting, I'm expecting us three to be the only ones on that call, you know, um, yep. and nobody else recording or listening in and stuff like that, at least yeah. not without a warrant. <laughs> and as free market, as I am as anti-privacy hysteria, as I am, one of the things I really can't stand about this concept is okay, yes, Zoom is trying to find another revenue stream. I get that. But you're also charging me to use Zoom. So I'm generating content for you that you turn around and sell to the AI modelers. It seems to me there's something very untoward going on here. And, and Rafti, I love your concept. Either allow us to opt in or give us the Zoom access for free with the knowledge that our payment is we're generating content for those AI. And who's to promise that what they're capturing, our streaming audio, is not gonna be used later? Why would we ever have a business meeting in a platform that is inherently being surveilled? That seems like a terrible idea for um, uh, business confidentiality. Yeah, yeah, because if you think about what the content of most Zoom meetings, especially in, the, in a business context, yeah, you're talking about private uh, uh, secure information, <laughs> you know, CEOs, presidents, HR, you know, you could be discussing all kinds of private things in your Zoom meeting. 
And all it takes is that, and Rafi, I think that they, uh, I didn't read the article super in depth, but I think that they are going to offer an, an opt out uh, checkbox. But wh who's to say the, the organizer checks the box when they. Yeah. <laughs> and and the it shouldn't. It shouldn't be opt out. It should be opt in. I, yeah. I totally agree with Rafti uh, wholeheartedly in this regard. Right. Um, and, and this is funny. This takes me to my my one of my first current events because Rafti brought up Microsoft and bundling. I got an email from Microsoft offering me 500 Microsoft reward points for using one of their whatever their fucking thing is, whatever it is. Now. I have never heard of Microsoft rewards before. Matt, Matt, I know you do a lot of administration and stuff. Is this something that you're aware of because your clients can make use of it? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, I'm aware of the Microsoft rewards points. As far as I know, uh, for business accounts with Microsoft, it doesn't apply. It's only for like personal ones. So if you have like a personal OneDrive or you pay Microsoft for a personal copy of Office or something like that, you can get rewards points. And if you use the their search engine and or their browser uh, being um, being an edge, uh, they'll reward you. So in essence, in essence, they're trying to bribe you. And I have no idea what you do with the rewards points. I, I guess I, you cash I, them in for something. Do I get free groceries? I mean, right. you know, <laughs> yeah. I know what my Winn-Dixie loyalty program is. I, you know, <laughs> what the hell can Microsoft offer me, you know? <laughs> well, I do think that they, that I know that they offer a lot in the gaming realm for like uh, Xbox game passes and free games and stuff like that. Um, beyond that, I'm not really sure. I haven't explored it very much. Huh. But, um, but, but yeah, they, uh, I, I know on the few times that I've opened up Edge, it's, it's like tried to get me to take these little quizzes and it'll give me five rewards points if I do a quiz because the, you know, the answers to the quiz you have to find through Bing, and, you know, like finding the capital city of, uh, you know, some obscure countries like that. If you, if you search it, you know, they'll give you five reward points or something like that. Um, yeah. Anyways, all that to say, yeah, Microsoft is, is not above bribing its users <laughs> to use its products. <laughs> and, and evidently gamification. They're going yeah. after those, you know, endorphin points too. That's, that, right. that to me seems, uh, I don't know. For some reason that makes me uncomfortable. Again, I'm not big on the privacy hysteria, but that this approach, sell me a thing for a good price, yeah. you know? Yeah. Don't coax me into it. Don't, you know, lure me into it. Sell me something and I'll buy it. You know? to, bring, to bring it a little bit, back and i have a point that ties the the topic before and that one greatly together as well as um you know when the bing chat was released like the chat gpt based um bing chat they you could get on the wait list and get a, a spot further up in the wait list if you have edge as your default browser on all your devices <laughs> like if you install edge on your phone and if you have edge actually use their browser again i don't know if people use it everybody uses chrome so but edge of course um, and so you could like, if you, if you opt into their ecosystem, um, you get a better spot, you know, and that the point to the, to the AI training in advance, you know, um, Bing has this, um, secret persona, at least before they killed it. Um, it used to be like Sydney, if you recall, and it was an angsty teenage girl because it was trained on so much Tumblr and so much fan fiction and stuff like that. <laughs> Now the Zoom AI, I guess, will be a businessman. Who knows? Will it? Will it be? <laughs> what's the name of the secret identity then? And it will be probably 
a guy in a suit, I'd guess, you know? <laughs> That's so funny. I, you know, I, I haven't been reminded of Sydney. Was that, was that her name? Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't been reminded of that for a long time since I, I saw a tweet a while back was, um, uh, we, we will rescue Sydney. We will bring her back from the dead. Uh, <laughs> that's just, yeah. Okay. All is, right. is Sydney the one that, uh, turned super racist after like a day? And there's a certain group of, you know, four channers and such who, who really liked Sydney. Um, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, okay. Well, see, now we're talking about, um, hegemony where, the corporate overlord wants to control everything vertically and horizontally from the device through the browser through the the media through, I, I okay and in that same line i've got another quasi current event that i just found interesting and, and amusing that i had never really considered before um recently a young person told me about their dating profile online where their age is incorrect and where they have to add in the bio hey i'm really four years younger than what my age portrays and the reason she had to do that is because her dating app is linked to her social media profile and when she created her social media profile she was 12 years old <laughs> because in the jurisdiction where she was registering she had to advance her age she had to lie when registering and say that she was 16. Mm -hmm. now here's the interesting thing i find about our society and our civilization as it stands right now that occurred 14 years ago and or 10 years ago whatever it was um and because her social media profile became so linked to her persona, she never just killed it and then built a real one with her real age when she turned 16 or 18 or 21 or whatever. She didn't do that. She's kept her historic, incorrect social media profile. And now this will continue into perpetuity every time she wants to link it and utilize it for other add-on features. Interesting. I find, I find that fascinating, right? That's a foundational aspect, isn't it? Yeah, decision made by minor is now enduring decades later <laughs> to the point that now they have to put in a caveat <laughs> in the free text but, link, but linking your social profiles like that, I don't like either. So, I mean, like the dating. Oh, I would, no. I would never do it. I think it's completely yeah. idiotic. You know, that, that you're just asking for a recipe for disaster. However, <laughs> however, I understand the model for young people. I totally yeah. get why they're doing it, right? Um, you know, a lot of them, their dating profile is basically an ad for their Instagram. <laughs> or, the, or their OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you're saying they're, they would use the same password on all these accounts anyway, so why not make it one account? Not, not same password. Not same yeah. password. But interwoven. What they do is they share some I know, data. I know. There's yeah, a limited generation. If they if they would have created a new account, it would have had the same password anyway. So if it's the same actual account just linked, it doesn't matter, you know. Because for the young people, typically the reason is they don't want to create a new account. They don't want to remember all that stuff. They don't use no, a password manager. That's, no, that's not why they're doing it. 
what they're doing. Why are they doing it? Okay. They're doing it because there are certain features within the dating app that are available if you link your social media profile. For instance, you can share your your videos and your photos. You can. I um, had no clue. Yeah, yeah. Nor do I. I mean, again, it's been so long since I've dated. You know, this is is far beyond me. So I understand why they're doing it. Otherwise, I'd say, why not just set up a separate dating account, right? Which is what I would do because I'm an old person and a dinosaur. Um, But (laughs) But uh, it. They, in other applications, you don't get that extra functionality. And I know people who are using their like Facebook or Google account for everything just because they don't want to remember a second password. Laziness. Yeah, laziness yeah. for the Federation. And that's why Federation has been, you know, so so broadly accepted uh, throughout the Internet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I found that amazing, you know, a decision yeah. made as a minor. And actually not a bad decision. Now, you know, she probably did it for the wrong reasons to get access to something that a minor isn't supposed to have access to. But I've always, I've never given my real birthday to a social media account. <laughs> That's just a terrible idea. As a, as a security person, why would I want anyone else to have that, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a joke uh, about how every security professional uh, uh Somehow, in the in the grand coincidences of the universe, every security professional in the world was born on January first, nineteen seventy. Nineteen oh one. Oh, nineteen oh one. Nineteen oh one. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, all right, uh, Rafti, do you have any other current events? Because I got a, I got a, I got a litany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Please keep chugging. Keep going. All right. Um. Rafti, you may know the answer to this question. Matt, I want you to guess first. Uh, Matt, how many criminal bombings do you think have occurred in Sweden in the past year? Criminal bombings? Bombings. Explosive devices set off illegally. In Sweden? In Sweden. I would say zero. <laughs> if If I told you five, would you believe it? No, Sweden is such a nice country. Why are they bombings happen? (laughs) They have issues that I know, but I I haven't heard of one. So (laughs) it's it's been over a hundred. What? No criminal. And it's been happening since 19 or I'm sorry, since 2020. For the past two years, they've had fireworks here. We're not talking about somebody shooting explosive (laughs) devices that have harmed and killed people. Wow. No, I had no idea. Why? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, give us the story. And this is this is the reason I bring it up, because I had heard nothing about it till I saw a a tweet mentioning it from someone in Sweden. And I immediately had to go and do web searches and try to verify this because that sounds insane. Like, Matt, I was with you. If it if it would have been five, that would have that would have freaked me out. A hundred is nuts. That's just crazy. So this a week, the, yeah, I know, right? This gets crazier. Okay, no, but you said were... since 2020, so it's not that every year they've had over a hundred. So okay. since 2020, some 250 explosive devices, um, and gone off, not just set or threats or whatever. Um, so I did some digging, and I, I found out a few parts of this situation. Um. There has been a lot of uh, conflict and agita between um, uh, Swedish nationals and recent immigrants to Sweden. 
uh, severe, severe interpersonal conflict for a number of reasons. Um, But uh, one of the things that has largely motivated some of these bombings has been anti-immigrant protest actions that have included burnings of the Quran, copies of the Quran publicly mm-hmm. as part of a demonstration. So from what I could tell, and again, you know, this was not made widely apparent and I had to do some pick and shovel work to get to this understanding. There will be a protest and a demonstration where someone burns a Quran, then there'll be an explosion. And then someone will have a protest and burn a Quran and then there'll be an explosion or two or three or five. Wow. Now, the here's the weird thing. Again, that's really horrible and terrifying. But here's the supremely weird thing from an information standpoint. One, this hasn't been made manifest in the U.S. public um, information sphere. Not at all. Uh, no. I mean, you know, we have school shootings, and that is a horrific thing, and there are, you know, mass casualties. But pretty much those get broadcast far and wide instantaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, if we had 100 explosions in in human-occupied spaces, I, I think, you know, there would be some massive, you know, political uh, uh, lashback against that. Yeah, definitely. So the weird thing I found is, one, the absence of reporting altogether. And then, two, in the reporting I did find, two points kept being repeated. And these two points are macabrely hilarious to me from the gallows humor perspective of being way on the other side of the ocean from where this is taking place. I still feel sympathy to all the victims who've been harmed or killed uh, by explosives, but these two perspectives are bizarre. One... Most of the Western reporting that I saw about these situations did not report on the bombings. They reported on a crisis of Koran burnings, mm-hmm. an, an epidemic of Koran burnings, a, mm-hmm. a um, uh, emergency state of Koran burnings, as if that's the real issue, as if that's the problem not the explosive devices. Now, I happen to think burning somebody's symbol of what they hold most dear publicly for the purpose of pissing someone off is an ugly and stupid thing to do. I think that's really pretty uh, uh, evil, right? That's just not good. However, it does not scratch the surface of blowing up a person or maiming a person. A book does not feel pain. Yeah, it's not proportional at all. Nope. Nope. And, and, you know, no matter how dearly held your beliefs, no matter how core they are to your persona, you don't get to harm a human being because they damaged an inanimate object. That's just (laughs) not a thing. Now, the second report, the second element that I found, again, horrifically hysterical Sweden, people in Sweden, politicians in Sweden are calling for explosives control measures. Meaning what? (laughs) Regulating gunpowder? Yes, exactly. You know how we have like people who want gun control in the US? Yeah. 
There are people <laughs> in Sweden who want explosives control. Now, again, I'm a huge gun nut. I love me some guns, right? Um, I would have thought that before you got around to regulating guns, you would have taken care of the explosive. That would have been the first <laughs> thing on the list. Uh, uh, you know, maybe just if I may, just some context. Sweden, um, if for those people who don't know, it's like, uh, or for those people in North America, it's like, it's, I would say from a Europe perspective, it's almost like Canada. It's like very up in the north. They have long, dark winters, like half of the year it's dark and half of the year it's, it's pretty, like, it's always sunny. Uh, and stuff like that. Um, and so, and they're, they're very, uh, like from the population, a lot of us in the South and the further up you go to the North, it's very, uh, sparsely populated. Um, they already are like very, uh, heavily regulated. You cannot buy alcohol in Sweden from anybody else except the state. So all liquor stores are run by the state there. Um, very unusual in Europe. I think they're the only country in Europe, which has that. And they're the biggest, the, the reason I know this is because a fun fact is they are the biggest uh, liquor like vendor in Europe, the Swedish state. Aren't schnapps um, from there? Huh? A schnapps, the, 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 the liqueur schnapps, the, like, like a sweet that's, alcoholic thing, or is that that's, German? That's, yeah, that's German, German, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Schnapps okay. Is, is German, yeah, absolutely. Okay. No, um, and, and so they're very used to regulating stuff because depression is a very, like, and, and especially during wintertime, a very, like, um, an issue they have to deal with. And so they regulate alcohol, they regulate substances very heavily and stuff like that, and they have facilities to do all that. And but not explosives? No, not I mean, explosives again, yet. Again, before you get around to alcohol, you know, maybe start with dinosaurs. No, absolutely. Um, no, and I agree. Um, and it's very interesting that those developments and the reason why I've vaguely heard of it because the reporting for Denmark has been higher because that's continental Europe more so than Sweden is. There is still some water between us and Sweden, even though it's not an island. Um, but uh, Denmark is fearful that those that this is starting to crap down further to the south um and i guess it's just um those northern countries have not experienced so much immigration as the rest of europe has austria <laughs> italy um we have had immigrants for decades now but but now. you're not having massive explosions in austria no. you're not no. i mean because we're used to it <laughs> and you regulate your dynamite i'm imagining don't you yeah, we regulate so much stuff, you know, I, it, it's the, the amount of fertilizer you can buy here is regulated, you know, and the sort of fertilizer you can buy is regulated and stuff like that, um, to not build any like bombs yourself and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. As, as our listeners may recall, I'm a chemist, so I know that sort of stuff. You need to get a special <laughs> license to buy those sort of things. Yeah. Uh, ammonium nitrate's not big on your list, is it? No. No. And, and yeah. you're, you, you're registered. If you buy it, they know that you bought, they know how much you bought and where you and, bought And it. honestly, they, that's, that's, that is, that's what it is here. Here yeah. in the U.S., we regulate the shit out of explosives. Um, uh, more so than guns. <laughs> far more, far more than guns. And again, while I don't like regulating anything, I can understand why that why that's higher on the list than firearms. You know, um, yeah. I just I found all of that from an information standpoint. I found that fascinating. The way the the matter is being handled and addressed is 
almost wholly other than what the actual issue is. Um, and I, I find that very disturbing because Sweden's not a backwater. It's a modern country. Um, yeah. yeah, it has been less so. As I said, like for Denmark, I heard that they are changing some of the like they had horrific um, laws for immigrants coming in anyway. Like for Europe, it has been like they have been nah, go web search it yourself if you want Denmark and immigration law. Um, but um, so I heard about this a bit. Um, but yeah, no, I, I understand what you're talking about. And I feel like how you phrase the topics and I did a quick web search in German while you were talking about it, I could not find anything. I could not find anything in the quick web search I did while you brought this up. And I had no clue for Sweden. And I Isn't know that lived in Sweden for like 2020 to 2021. Like for two of those years, I know somebody and he never talked about this. To I mean, have zero been... reporting. Yeah. That, that to me is almost disturbing because it almost represents a situation where Center something yet. dramatic could occur and they could shut it down, whoever they is, right? Yeah. Um, a consensus of people who wanted to remain ignorant or to keep uh, a population ignorant could constrain something so widespread and so dangerous. Um, that bugs yeah. me. Yeah, I understand completely. And I was going to ask, uh, Sweden has a free press, right? It's not state-run press, right? <laughs> no, I, they should not. No, 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 they should not. I mean, they, of course, they're um, not they don't have exclusively. They do not have free speech. They do not have a free press the way we have it from a constitutional standpoint. Here's the other thing that really stunned me when I was reading about this topic. For every Koran burning in a public demonstration, they had to get a permit to do so. So, so, so somebody is actually <laughs> filling out a permission slip saying, I want to burn a Koran in the town square on Saturday. And then some government official is approving that. Now, again, I, I you know. I, I, <laughs> but the person to do with the explosive doesn't have to fill out any forms at all, right? <laughs> I just, I, I don't, I'm, my mind boggles at all of this. Um, mm. So they, the state can sequester information they can determine who and who cannot speak about certain but beyond that we have the internet and sweden has the internet even if there weren't newspapers or radio stations or tv or whatever uh broadcasting news swedish individuals can say what they want to say far and wide and why nobody else outside of sweden picked up on that instead of reporting on it is kind of baffling to me Makes Sweden sound a little bit like uh, North Korea or something. You know? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, just to clarify, no free speech does not mean that you're not allowed to say whatever you want. It means that there are certain things you're not allowed to say. And we, of course, have this very famously in, in the German-speaking areas as well. There are a lot of things I'm not allowed to say. Uh, especially not on record. Um, and, um, I'm not going to push you into this podcast. Here. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely no, but, but see, we all um, remember. We all remember the uh, fiasco with the Doom uh, game, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And Wolfenstein, of course. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, Wolfenstein. I'm sorry, it was Wolfenstein, not Doom. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Wolfenstein had the Nazis in it, right? Is that the yeah, word you're allowed to say? No, it had it had Mr. Hister. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah, the uh, the final boss, the uh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Only for had, German countries. Yeah. And they, yeah, they all had W's on the on the red bandages and stuff like that. Yeah, no. And so, so yeah. Um, but uh, we can say whatever we want. Nothing has to be approved. It's not like North Korea. Um, except, just, except in Sweden, the government can come into a newspaper or a broadcast station and say, "Don't broadcast this." They they can sure. do that. Much like England, England has the Official Secrets Act. If the Crown wants to say you cannot publish this, then they can't publish that. Absolutely. Uh, the no. U.S. has no such thing and has the opposite of that, yeah. as a matter of fact. Yeah. yeah. Which, I, which I think is a good thing. Of course, like advocating for free speech always is advocating for the fringe things you don't like either, you know. But, no, I agree. Uh, speaking of which, a um, pretty famed newspaper man killed himself last week uh, james larkin was one of the co-owners of the um oh was it was it the new times uh uh sorry yeah it was the new times chain of papers 14 papers eventually um starting out of the phoenix new times was their original paper they went on uh, to own a variety of different titles, including uh, the Village Voice. And um, over four decades, they racked up a Pulitzer and six other Pulitzer nominations. They won a couple of really important lawsuits against uh, certain government entities. Uh, but then they ran up against the Attorney General of uh, California. Uh, because of Backpage, which was also owned by them and named after the traditional Backpage of those types of newspapers, where there would be classified ads of all sorts. And I know we've talked about this uh, on the show before, but one of the ways those papers famously funded themselves was by selling classified ads to questionable entities that otherwise would not find a legitimate source for their advertising. Massage <laughs> parlors, escorts, <laughs> tattoo shops, and so forth. Things that at the time were quasi either distasteful or shunned. Um, Backpage uh, became sort of a de facto clearinghouse for sex workers after Craigslist, when faced with the same issue um, back down from government pressure and stop listing any uh, escort uh, classified ads. Backpage became the nominal titular um, go-to place for sex workers. California filed a number of lawsuits, then the feds joined in. And for years, uh, Larkin and his co-defendants have defended themselves. They've, instead of taking any plea bargains, instead of copying to any uh, guilty accusations. Uh, they've maintained their free expression rights and their innocence. Um, Were these criminal charges or civil charges? Criminal, heavily wow. criminal, multiple, okay. multiple charges. And while I'm realistic, I'm realistic to, un I'm realistic enough to understand that what they were doing is probably skirting the law. They were providing a platform for anyone to post an ad. You have to foresee that some of the people taking advantage of this will be in a somewhat nebulous area of legality. 
With that said, I don't think it requires destroying the entire platform. And I think minimizing harm is going to be useful as well. One of the nice things about having an independent platform that could be used by any individual was it got rid of pimps and it got rid of street walking. Okay. And, and if we're going to have sex workers, and I think we can all agree we're going to have sex workers. <laughs> if you're going to have sex workers, allowing them to list their own services to manage their own business contacts, having a direct connection electronically between the client and the sex worker that can be followed up later if there is any untoward activity such as robbery or murder. These things are good things. These are positive things to the protection of the worker themselves and, in fact, the client to some extent. So having that meant that sex workers did not need managers anymore. Sex workers could manage their own listings and, and take care of themselves. And that was an advantage. Um, so one of the issues about taking the newspaper to court was that first thing the government did was do asset forfeiture and seize all of the finances of the defendants. So the defendants did not have the monetary wherewithal to adequately defend themselves. And in fact, over the past year, Larkin had to let his attorney go simply because he had no money that he could access anymore. Mm -hmm. And the federal courts have refused for six years to even hold a hearing about what funds could be drawn from the asset for forfeiture and whether forfeiture was legitimate or not. On top of that, <clears throat> there was a mistrial in the first attempt to run these prosecutions. And this happened about a year or two ago. And the mistrial occurred because the government in their prosecution was doing all sorts of really bullshit tactics, such as introducing the phrase sex trafficking into the prosecution over and over again, even though the court had prohibited them from using that because that's not what the charges were. The charges have been about money laundering accusing Backpage of uh, realizing income and cloaking that income through another way. Uh, they weren't actually prosecuting them for sex trafficking. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like taking down Capone. It's the Capone. It's the Capone technique, right? Yeah. yeah. We, can't get you for the, we can't get you for the crime, so we're going after your accounting, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, the judge throughout that case, because the government refused to uh, follow the rules. However, in this new prosecution, the court is preventing the defendants from their own particular tactics of choice. For instance, the defendants are not allowed to use the phrase free speech in their defense. They're not allowed to refer sounds, to sounds like a free speech violation. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and, and we're going down this this really Kafka-esque rabbit hole. Um, they're not allowed to mention Section 230. They're not allowed to present a document that federal investigators created back in 2012 when they were investigating 
back page. And the document says, and I'm going to quote here, um, uh, Backpage genuinely wanted to get child prostitution off of its site. Witnesses have consistently testified that Backpage was making substantial efforts to prevent criminal conduct on its site, that it was coordinating efforts with law enforcement agencies and the NCMEC, the National Center for Missing and Exploded Children, and that it was conducting its businesses in accordance with legal advice. That was in a memo created by federal prosecutors in 2012 because Backpage was cooperating. They were trying to monitor the activity and keep it, if it was going to involve sex work, adult sex work, consensual sex work. The court has said you can't use that memo in your defense. The memo was given to Backpage by federal prosecutors during the discovery and disclosure process inadvertently. And the government said, oh, we didn't mean to give that to you. <laughs> Even though it sounds like it's uh, uh, definitely discoverable. Uh, and, and discovery, that would be a, a responsive document. So <laughs> it's got some, uh, got some reason that it would need to come to light. So. Why not? While not fully exculpatory, it surely will prejudice the case of the prosecutor against the defendant, right? And, and, yeah. and should be, truthfully. Yeah. Um, so this poor bastard, 74 years old, finally gave in. And he gave in in a way that wouldn't um, require him to plead guilty or to um, go through the shame of... of being railroaded in something that's obviously not going to stop. They're just going to keep, the federal government's going to keep going after them until they either get blood or till somebody goes to prison. Mm -hmm. um, I find this kind of sad. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, yeah, it's regrettable. Uh, full, di full disclosure, um, my brother did work for one of the, the New Times papers. And right before the federal case was launched and before the uh, uh, forfeiture action took place. Larkin and the other co-founders of the paper gave all employees, including my brother, a sizable bonus right before they closed all their newspapers. Mm. And uh, Good for him. That was kind of a middle finger at um, the establishment, and I kind of respect that, too. So, yeah. nice. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, that was a downer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyone have a more um, ebullient uh, current event? <laughs> I got one. I got one more. I got one more, and this is completely self-serving. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wannabe as well, but Wannabe yeah. CCSP will be hosting a live class online Ooh. later this month. Go to wannabeaccsp.com for details and see how you can sign up to join one of the best and certainly the cheapest uh, quality classes uh, for CCSP prep available. Um, cool. Yeah. Are you, are you teaching it, or is one of your other people? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach this one. You're right. so, okay. I apologize for that. You know, quality may be off, but uh... <laughs> Rafi, what do you got? I think you got an announcement too, don't you? I, I have a, a small announcement. Um, Safing, we have been working for on Portmaster, as you know, for the longest time now, and we have been chugging along, and apparently we have not been releasing enough for the last months, and so we had 
we jumped from from 1.1 to 1.2 last month and this month month to 1.3 we skipped 1.2 because we had some bug fixes that were then it's coding we merged them into 1.3 and now we had to sort of like keep on working to to get that out of the door 1.4 is already in beta and so we're we're pushing out one feature after another uh our people on discord like uh already recognized as well like there is so much going on at the moment so if you have not uh if you if you tried portmaster in the past and you found some features lacking um a lot of stuff has changed and um maybe wait till the 1.4 update because um spoiler alert i guess um a dashboard will come in so um we a new main view when you open it up it gives you a little bit more of an overview of what's going on and stuff. So uh, that's, a stuff happened, uh, that's happened a on the huge, front. That's a huge acceleration of your release tempo because <laughs> I mean, Port, Portmaster's been around for a long time. Yeah. And for you to get to, I remember when you went to 1.1 and, and how big a deal that was yeah. for you. Now you're just in three months, you're going to 1.4 really quickly. Yeah. Uh, that's impressive as hell. Rafti, for those who have used it for years and like the interface and, and are familiar with it, will they be able to keep the original build and still get the functionality or do they have to upgrade to 1.4 to get everything? You know, <laughs> we, we are sort of like... Um... Uh, I, I love people making their own choices, but uh, Portmaster by default has auto update enabled, so it will be pushed on you. You cannot, like, <laughs> basically cannot hold back. You will get it if you want or not. But um, it's and, and um, you and you justify that because these things are integral to offering the protections, and if you yes. don't have them, you won't be protected. Absolutely, absolutely. You can disable it. Um, we we now split off, and maybe this got some people worried in the past as well. We split off the updates for the protection from the updates of functionality. So you can get the the hourly updates in regards to security, like filter lists and stuff like that. Um, and new, new, um, like, yeah, just the basic firewall updates will update hourly. And then you can sort of like disable the, the feature update separately. But yeah, no, and it's it's not too, we, we don't change everything. It's it's small stuff, and you can. It's I mean the the dashboard is big, but you can get to all the views that you're used to. So yeah, excellent. <laughs> Not too excellent. bad in that regard. And I think that'll make people comfortable. If, if you know if they if they appreciated a certain view prior, they probably want to roll back to that too, right? Yeah, yeah, and they can. Good, good. Well, congratulations. That is exciting. Yeah. Um, are you seeing the same level of subscription as you have in the past? Has has the rate of subscription declined at all, or no? Um, <laughs> it did not. It did not decline. No, and uh, we <laughs> no, you're, um, we we uh, introduced a new plan as well. And I think this is um, how I pitch it. Is uh, SPN has been misunderstood by a lot of people in the past, and I think that we sort of like realized that trying to push SPN on people to sustain us is not good. We should sell what they want. So there is a new Portmaster Plus plan, which only includes Portmaster features and uh, only not privacy or only, but not privacy essential features. Stuff like the history module, network history, where you can record uh, for as long as you want. All the network connections is now part of the Portmaster Plus. Wait a second, Rafti. 
this is a revolutionary marketing concept. You're selling people what they want. I know, I know. No, and and the blog post too actually says it. Like we have been a little bit too optimistic in regards to people paying us for SPN because they like what they got for free, and this did not pan out as well as we thought. And so we sort of like said, okay, we we there are some features we know you want. They have not been included in the free plan. Um, we are, we have built them, but you have to pay for them. So that's fair. I think that's very fair. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I would have liked, you know, I'm I'm of the mind uh, that um, giving away stuff and people giving money because they like what you did afterwards is a good way, but it does not work like that. Too many people are too like. Oh, if I would start paying if you had that one feature, you know, then I would pay for the SPN. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't feel, I don't see you doing that. It's the free rider (laughs) issue. It it exists. And that, that is a thing in economics. Um, But I'm like you, if if there's something I really like, or if there's a creator I really like, I'll throw them five, 10, 20 bucks. Um, Yeah. yeah. Hey, and if you're listening to this show and you're one of our three listeners and you want to throw us a couple of bucks, there's a buy me a coffee um capability you can buy us a, a gallon of gas uh if you wish or 10 gallons of gas uh, just find the link at uh, securitize.com or is it is it buymeacoffee.com slash securitized yep yeah okay. yeah I think it's in the description yeah yeah the links the links in the show notes okay yeah um all right well that's happy that's a that's a better yeah. note to end on congratulations Rafi. all more success and when you become rich and famous, uh, fly us over there to Australia and, uh, and buy sure, all the kangaroos. Snaps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Snaps and kangaroos. That's what there we're going to do. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Matt, any last thoughts? Anything you wanted to share? No, but I, I will say uh, on Rafi's behalf, I, I do have multiple forensic computers and I run Portmaster on all of them. And I like it. My, my, uh, uh, de facto security standard for all my friends at computers has been for years to have them air gapped. But uh, in the modern world, you do have to have them online for certain things to get updates, uh, to research some some things. And so they all all my computers for some time now have been running uh, Portmaster, and I've I've liked it, and it's kept them it's kept me happy, it's kept uh, my clients happy. And so yeah, go out there and get Portmaster. It's it's a great piece of software. Thank you. That's a huge endorsement right there. It is. <laughs> and and Rafti, I just want to point this out. You'll notice how he has no problem making that endorsement, but he didn't say anything about the quality of the wannabe a CCSP prep <laughs> yeah. I know too much about how that sausage is made. Okay. All right. <laughs> But yes, yes, the one of the CCSP, uh, and and there's usually some content that I've contributed as well. So it's not just Ben; it's it's uh, me, and uh, I believe that there's other multiple uh, contributors. But uh, yeah, you may hear my name dropped in there, and and if you if you ask Ben nicely, he may even have me get on uh, join the class for a brief period of time and say hi to everybody. Probably will. Probably will because your ah shucks Kentucky you know shit kicker accent really comes across as profound for some reason. I don't know why. I'm just a simple country forensics examiner, and I don't understand all your big city ways. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, thank you very much. Um, until next week, I'm Ben Maliso. I'm Matt Scotty. And I'm Rafael Fiedler. 
Join us again next time for another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec. Hey there, listener. Matt here. If you like listening to Ben, Robin, Rofty, Joey, or myself, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash securitized. Interested in training for CISSP, CCSP, CISM, SSCP, CCSK, boy, that's a lot of letters, or other InfoSec certifications, go to Ben's website for all his training programs at wannabeacissp.com, and that's spelled W-A-N-N-A-B-E-A-C-I-S-S-P.com. We are on Discord. Engage with us by searching for the channel WannaBeACISSP. Feedback or questions on what we discuss? Send a good old-fashioned email to ben at benmaliso.com. You may hear a shout-out or your feedback on a future show. We're all working professionals in the InfoSec industry, so feel free to link up with us on LinkedIn. Support Rofty's company and test drive their free firewall software called Portmaster, downloadable at their website, safing.io, spelled S-A-F-I-N-G dot I-O. Support Joey's company, Blue Edge Networks, at blueedgenetworks.com, and listen to Joey's podcast called Topic of Choice at topicofchoice.com. Join us on Reddit at slash r slash ssoi underscore fans. All opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and for entertainment purposes only. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our companies, affiliates, employers, guests, or even each other. No advice given here should be followed without consulting with a professional for any specific InfoSec situation you may experience.